Hello, everyone. Welcome to the second edition, the long-awaited second edition of the Hard-Headed Podcast. I am Mike Harden. This is Jason Head right here. And we are back with you here as we uh, continue our discussions as, as Jason and I watch along with the Chicago White Sox live during uh, today, July 23rd, as our, our beloved uh, are just kicking off here against the Milwaukee Brewers on this on this hot Friday night in the Chicago area. Uh, a lot has happened since May 7th, since we first uh, did our first episode here. I believe at that point the Sox were uh, just in first place or just hovering around the first place uh, in their division. And now, well, they've certainly taken off. Um, uh, somehow, some way, I, I don't, I don't get how they've done it with half the team, you know, on the IL. Uh, they are getting contributions from a bunch of rookies, which we'll discuss throughout the show. But you know, as we just are kicking this off here, uh, our our team is 58 and 38, 20 games over 500. They have a nine-game lead in the AL Central, and really things are just rolling for this team. It, you know, they. They certainly have the magic fairy dust, Jason. <laughs> they do. I mean, when you're getting contributions from Ryan Goodwin and Gavin Sheets and people that you just did not expect to be on this roster. And or even just even just if you would have showed me a picture of a lineup card on June 12th or whatever in, in early April, I would have said something went terribly wrong and the team is awful. The roster and the lineup cards that are currently positioned right now are the types of rosters that we look to in five years during a blowout yeah. when we got nothing to do and we go, who the this hell is this? Nikki this is Nikki Delmonico days. Yes. This is Daniel so. Palka. You know, but somehow. Brian you know, Daubach days. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but somehow this team, uh, you know, to their credit, uh, and it speaks for a lot of the talent that's on the team, is. They've been chugging along. Uh, there is certainly magic, some magic with this team. I, I'm not ready to say that they are a team of destiny just yet. I think they're a, a good team, a pretty damn good team. I wouldn't say that they are uh, the best team just yet. I still think they're kind of stupid out there at times. Um, the bullpen is a little, can be a little rough. Um, and until really Eloy and Luis come back, which is probably going to be soon, and uh, Grandal, you still you don't want to roll into Game One of the playoffs with uh, Brian Goodwin, Lori Garcia, um, and Jake Berger, Gavin Sheets in your starting lineup because I, you know, as, as nice as those guys have played so far this year, and as much and this team, if you know, if this team does end up winning the World Series this year, those guys certainly deserve, uh, you know, a ring. Uh, but um, I'm not sure if I would want to roll with those guys in game one of a playoff series against, you know, the Houston Astros or Boston Red Sox or something like that. Well, it's funny that, you know, you, you mentioned all those guys and, and certainly, you know, if they, if they weren't performing, they, they would be some of the biggest holes on the, on the roster, but with their production, well, they wouldn't be in first place. If if those guys weren't doing anything, they would that's that's what I was gonna say. It's it's you mentioned all those guys that you you usually wouldn't expect them, and our biggest hole is our our set up in middle relief, you know, right-handed mm-hmm. bullpen pieces, and that is their biggest need right now. And, and that, coming into the season, that was taunt, that was lauded as the greatest the greatest bullpen, bullpen of all time. 
yep. And it's been fine. I think if you actually look at the numbers, um, it, it all looks fine. Like you, if you would just uh, see the listings of, you know, bullpen ERAs, bullpens, whips, and everything like that, um, you know, you'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah, they're, they're good. But, um, you know, you and I watch, you know, almost every night, and a lot of the fans watch every night. It ha- it's, been, it's, it's been a rough go with that bullpen. Luckily, it does seem like, you know, if one guy just doesn't have it that night, they could swap him out pretty right. quickly, and someone else gets the job done. But aside from Liam Hendricks, I don't really trust a lot of people coming out of there. Michael Kopech. Uh, you know what, though? I, I, I agree with that, but I get weary of any guy – that you need to have a certain set of rules for when you when you want to bring them in or when you can bring them in, how you can pitch them. Uh, it just reminds me a little bit, if you think way back in the day, uh, of the Jabba rules when Jabba Chamberlain was on the Yankees and he, oh, he couldn't pitch today because he pitched yesterday and the moon was full. So you can't pitch him today, and he he basically flamed out over a couple of years. He was one of those starters that uh, I believe he was supposed to be a starter that it that um, he he went into the bullpen, had the Java rules for his bullpen outings, and then eventually after a couple of years, you know that that all flamed out. So the guys where you have to, you know, check you know have a matrix in the office to see if they can pitch today. Um, you know, I, 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 I really worry about those guys. Then you really should be worrying about Garrett Crochet. I, I, well, I've written him off already. Yeah. And I know this, if anything, and it's not this even White Sox fault. season should tell you, uh, don't write anybody off, at, uh, even for years. But I've, I've, I've seen enough of him. Well, it's, <laughs> I don't think it's even his fault. It's like, what are they doing with him? Just put him in the minors, let him get him some seasoning, and let him either start or yeah, yeah. I, just you know, give him some he, seasoning because he came right up onto the team last year, yep. uh, and he and he was awesome. He was he was fantastic during the regular season. He had the disaster when basically every pitcher uh, in that game three of the playoffs last year uh, couldn't throw the ball over the plate and couldn't get it out. What the little game- hard to do when your manager has his foot. On the dugout stairs, ready to take you out. The game that Rick Renteria got fired because yeah, of. Yeah. Yep. Well, I mean, he he wanted to get his steps in that day, and I think he he got those. <laughs> yeah. But I definitely believe that the bullpen is the biggest area of need. You know, I even think like everybody's like saying, well, you know, second base. You know, they should go out and get Adam Frazier, and it's. It's, you know, if they do get Eloy back, if they get Luis Robert back, and, you know, I, they need bullpen help, man. That's, that's what they need, and that's what you need in the playoffs. And, yeah, you're, I think Tony Russo knows how to handle a bullpen, but the way this bullpen goes, it's, it's going to be a quick hook, and I'd rather have some guys that can go maybe, you know, two innings in the, in the playoffs or, yeah. or three innings. Or, you know, if, if a pitcher doesn't have it, like Keuchel or, or Cease, doesn't have it for three innings, and then you bring Kopech in for four, five, and six. Man, that's still three innings right there in the big two. Well, then, and then Kopech won't be able to pitch the next day. Well, hopefully Michael Kopech is starting in the playoffs. That's Ooh, that's, that's my a, hope. That's a, Either my, my hope is that Michael Kopech is doing a opening four start. You know, but I don't think this team sorry, needs that though. I don't think you need to play the opener game. No, 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 no. It, what I meant by I think they do an opener 
with him doing four innings. And then, and then they, I think I have a feeling where they might, they might flip the lineup. So like, let's say Keiko starts and then they flip it after four and then he pitches three or vice versa. And yeah. they, they flip, okay. the, they flip the lineup. And I feel like Kopech is going to get, I feel like Michael Kopech is going to get four innings in playoff games, but I don't know if that's going to be as a starter or just like a Andrew Miller type yeah. from a couple of yeah. years ago. So I don't mean like as an opener with a one one inning, but I think he I could see him being an opener, you know, definitely one time through the lineup, and let's see how it goes. Yeah. Well, it, it is something else that we are sitting here at, at the end of July assuming this team is going to make the playoffs. You know, that that is new for all White Sox fans. Uh, with a nine-game lead, that, you know, and with not a lot of competition behind them, they do have a lot of games with the Indians left. So I, I'm not printing or paying a playoff invoice just yet, but it certainly looks good for this team, um, you know, as, as we're getting this game off tonight against the Brewers. And, and who knows, maybe as we're sitting here, we get word of a, of a trade that comes down and we can react to that during this. Um, but, uh, you know, in other White Sox news, you know, since well, – Real quick on that – you know, if, if a trade did come down, who who's on your your, your shopping list? Who's on your wish list for uh, the Sox? I, I to be honest, for the next I, uh, seven days, eight days. I can I have needs that I can I would like to get uh, filled on the team, and I think they're pretty much similar to what you, you just said. Uh, someone in the bullpen, maybe two if you can do that. I one is probably what is the most realistic, and then second base. I mean, honestly, that those are your two uh, deficiencies. You're not going to roll in with Danny Mednick and Lori Garcia playing second base. I don't, you know, that's just not going to work. You know, you if, if it's the amount sound- of times Lori Garcia gets mentioned on this podcast, oh. and we're only in two episodes in. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I think I think your outfield is set if both of Eloy and Robert are back at full strength by, you know, at that time. I think you're set there because – Who's your you right can, fielder? Uh, Angle. Because you'll yep. have Angle out there. Uh, you can have Vaughn in left field and Robert in center. I think that's a pretty damn good outfield. Yep. Much better than where it is now. Uh, you can have then Sheets uh, on the bench if, if he's still around. Uh, and then, you know, obviously if you want to throw Eloy out there, uh, you could do that. But I, he's a DH. It's time. It's time to recognize that he's a DH. Let, let me ask you a question. What I don't understand from all the people that are like, Eloy is too young. You can't throw him at DH. He's too young. You know, he needs to learn the field. You can't. You can't position him there. Why can't you? That's what they were going to do with Andrew Vaughn. Right. So right. why can't Andrew Vaughn be squared off and positioned into a DH? Where Andrew Vaughn has done wonders in left field yeah. above expectations. Save the season. And but when Eloy comes back, we gotta throw him in the outfield because he's young. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. And also too, because you know, in uh, Jose Abreu is not gonna be here much longer either. So Andrew Vaughn will have a first base position. I think at some point if they don't make other moves there. But Abreu, you know, I think next year is his last year in his in his deal. 
Um, well, according to Jason Vanetti and Stone Pony, he can play with the White Sox as long as he wants. He can. Take care of his body. He certainly can if 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 they're thirty games out of first place in five years. And they need to sell but, tickets. Right, right. But um, I don't. I'm I'm not sure that that's going to happen. I think his uh, years are probably coming to an end here over the next few years. Hopefully, they get a title for him, uh, and then he can ride off into the sunset. Yeah. No, that'd be awesome. Since. Uh, how many times he's been with a uh, terrible team? Yeah, right. Well, and and that's a guy. His number's getting retired for the White Sox. I don't don't you think he's the next? He's the next number. I mean, granted, probably no one's ever going to wear seventy nine in general, <laughs> right, On this right, team, regardless, right. If he was terrible or not, but yeah, no, I, I think uh, I think that's that's a guy. Probably within a year or two after he retires, he gets his number retired, and then if he's there celebrating a World Series win. Uh, you know, hopefully this year or, or, or next year or something, um, he gets his statue too. Yeah, Car- Carlton Fist's number is getting you know lonely up there. He needs some company. Yeah, it's yeah. seventy-two. Yeah, yeah, it's very. seventy-two. The only reason why Carlton Fisk's number was, excuse me, was retired was because the Red Sox were retiring it. And hey, oh, you know the we can yeah we, we can, can do that we can too. do a little Carlton Fisk night. You know, give him a Harley and. <laughs> Good old White Sox promotions right there. I I will say though the um, my favorite thing of of this year so far, and you know me, uh, has been this team being twin killers. Uh, and it's not even close. It's not, and you know this. I thought this week's series where they split the four games was a little harder than it needed to be for some reason. Uh, I think the Twins probably felt that this was their last their last gasp as, as, as trying to maybe win a, win this series or even, you know, gasp, sweep them. Uh, it was certainly harder than it needed to be, but man, that, 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 the, the destroying, the utterly destroying of that twins team this year is, has just been a sight to see. It's been a sight to see. Well, it's funny, like every, you know, there's a, there's a lot of people on Twitter that kind of like freaked out, like, oh, they went two and two with the Twins this this series, you know, this earlier this week, and it was just like, well, maybe they they knew that that's all they had to do, you know, like true. They, when they were also coming off a, a big high emotional series uh, against Houston. the Astros too, right, yeah. right. So it's like I'm I'm cool with them going two for two. That, that was bare minimum. That right, was exactly. bare minimum exactly. is what you had to do. What they did you against, did the bare minimum. What they did against Houston, far more impressive, and I was way happier about. So Yeah, yeah. And now and now we are in that second half of the season. Now we're in the nitty-gritty. Dog uh, days, and this baby. Is, and this is where the exciting baseball really starts. This is where you really start getting excited, and these games start, you know, the, the atmospheres. You know, they're at a full house now. And the, the I was there the Saturday night game against the Astros. Uh, that was that was a wild atmosphere. That that was absolutely awesome. Uh, it looked the night that they came back against uh, the Twins, where they scored a bunch of runs in the eighth inning, uh, when Abreu hit that home run. Even at home, I just started laughing. I started laughing and and I jogged around the house. I mean, I the, the atmospheres there are, are getting great. Now you're in that really exciting time of the year. Um, for for baseball fans, where um, you know when your team is in first place or, or hunting down uh, a wild card spot or a division title, this is this is what it's all about. This is how it gets exciting. This is this is the good times right here. You you start counting down the magic number. You start 
you know, figuring out that playoff uh, rotation, you figure out that playoff roster, you know, this is, this is the fun part. You get to, you know, you get to kick your feet up a little bit, but you get to like, you know, do a little strategizing and like, you know, you don't really have to worry about the, uh, the division that much, you know, with Cleveland. I mean, you still got to keep your foot on the on the gas, but yeah, you could start looking a little bit down the road and and you know into that playoffs. So yeah, no, this is the fun yeah. time, man. Yeah, I appreciate a nine game lead where not everything is so stressful. We're watching every game where you're pull, you're where you're you know, you're trying to pull your hair out. Um, it will be in the third it, week it will, of August. It, oh, it's, it, I'm sure it will. Uh, this socks, you know, our socks have. Uh, a knack for doing stuff like that to us uh, in every year that they've made the playoffs in our lifetime. But, um, you know, I don't think it's a surprise to anyone that the Sox are good this year. I don't think it's a surprise that they are likely, um, you know, that they're making a run at this, that they are one of the better teams in baseball. Uh, I think earlier in the year, a lot of people predicted them to win the division. Uh, a lot. I saw some people that even predicted them to get into the World Series. You and I both had them in the playoffs, as we discussed in our last podcast. Mm-hmm. However, I don't. I just certainly did not expect them to be twenty games over five hundred good. Um, and so th- this has been a lot of fun to watch this year. Uh, it's been a long time, and you know, there's there's stories in baseball too this year with the San Francisco Giants. You know, they had no expectations. They sh- your favorite team, the San Francisco <laughs> Giants. Um, <clears throat> Jason hates the San Francisco <laughs> Giants for some reason. But uh, they, they also are at the top of the NL West. Uh, for a while, they actually had the best record in baseball this year. And so, I, you know, what to you, what's the better season for you? Like, what's, what's more fun to you? The, the out of nowhere, the, the Giants season that they're having now where – you totally different, didn't expect it, and you know they're they're riding high or something like this. Where yeah, you you we went into this year expecting the Sox to, to be a pretty good team. They have been a pretty good team. I think for some of us like me, they're even better than I thought they would be. So, you know, where what what do you like if you draw it up? Like what 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 do you like? I I totally like how it is right now. We expected them to be good. They're fulfilling yeah. our expectations. Yeah. You know, we expect them to be good for years to come. Hopefully they fulfill those expectations. The thing with, you know, the expectation, I'm sorry, being good when it's a surprise and you don't expect them to be good, just as as quick as that can go up, I feel like that can just go down. You're always also waiting for it to fall apart, too. Right. (laughs) Kind of like the first season of the Robin Ventura hire. Mm -hmm. So... I would totally take the let's have the expectations to be good and let's be good. Let's yeah, go well, out there and win it. And and also too the the, the you know I felt or I feel this the the storyline this year, uh, even with the expectations and they are performing those expectations. It's not how everyone thought it was going to happen. Too, you could have easily in May after Robert got hurt think, oh, well, this thing's going to go off the rails or, or, you know, they, they'll, they'll hang around, but there's no way they're going to really run away with this thing. And they really have. And, you know, the, uh, the games are still really damn exciting. Oh, yeah. the, the, the pitching has been absolutely phenomenal this year. And it's just, they're, they're playing a lot of fun baseball. They they're, you can see them getting better too as the season is going on, which is which is making it very exciting to watch. And 
And honestly, with the fans coming back into the stadium this year, as you know, the, they've been allowing more fans, and now it's at the full capacity. Seeing kind of the droves from where they were early in the season with only I think like eight or nine thousand people in there, and now where they're getting like thirty-five thousand people. I mean, it's just been absolutely phenomenal. It's been so so nice. Well, I think the Sox have a very big opportunity ahead of them for a couple of reasons. One, they're they're doing great. Second. People are antsy to get into the ballpark. Like, let's say the Sox were three games back of the Twins, Mm -hmm. and the Twins are in first place, or neck and neck. I feel like the Sox park would be just as packed because people miss going to baseball games. So I think it's like a, it's a, it's a definitely, you know, a definitely a couple good things working in their favor about, you know, they are doing good. COVID's opening up and people want to go to the games. But then the, the third factor, and it, it's it's more minuscule, but the Cubs aren't the talk of the town right now. And, you know, the Cubs aren't leading stories. They were in the in some stations they were leading. Yeah, that fell apart. That fell apart. And once they sell off here after July 31st, man, with August, September, and and the uh, the playoffs coming around, the, the White Sox are going to be the talk of the town, and it's, it's nice to see – pack ballparks and you know it's all i'm thinking about is like this is it this is the launching point like let's let's be good for four five six years right now yeah well and this isn't like those old Sox teams where you know you had a bunch of aging veterans on there where you're you know you know they would be good but you're like yeah they're good but let's add know, one more piece yeah, and let's go take one more run at this. right this isn't that this is this is a lot of fun young players that you that you saw, you know, and you know, the story's been written a hundred times already this year, but right. these are like the, the, the players at this team or the fan base has been, has been waiting to see and that we've been told uh, that we're going to be good and we're going to bring it to the promised land. And, and so far it's uh, you know, it's looking good. Well, I mean, that's, that's the, such the nice thing about this season with Eloy and Luis going down about the, the, the players that did step up because, you know, if, if we were, you know, three games back of the Twins or, you know, um, you know, 10 games back in, in third place and and then <laughs> never you know, want to see that again. Well, we would just be like next year, Eloy and Luis will be healthy. Grandal will be healthy. And it's just like, great. Yeah, they can be healthy. But then what injuries are going to happen next year? It's like right. we're good now. Let's. You know, it's like, let's take advantage right. of this well, and, year. And when you bring up, you know, the, the replacement players or, you know, the guys that were called up in their place, uh, my big criticism of this team or the organization for, uh, you know, the early going into this year was that, yeah, you guys, you get a guy hurt, who's coming up? Because none of these guys are coming up and they don't perform. I Boy, was I wrong on that because everyone that's been coming up has been performing. So even Jake Berger, who doesn't even have an ankle, uh, you know, has come up and, and been very good. He has. Yes. I mean, like the one for me is the Gavin Sheets one. It's just yeah. like, <laughs> whoa. But I mean, yeah, I mean, like Billy Hamilton, you know, Billy the hitter, like all these guys, like it's funny, even like Lou, another Lurie Garcia mentioned, but it's just crazy to me when they, they mentioned that he is the longest tenured he is yeah and yeah Yeah. it's just like whoa i mean but it's just like we're getting 
strikeouts, you know, um, we're <laughs> strikeouts. Uh, we're getting contributions just from everybody. So, I mean, it's it's a very fun season, and, you know, let's just uh, go take care of business now. Have you made it out to the ballpark? I have. Oh. I, when did we go? We went – I forgot when we went. It was uh, – but, but you've been. You've, we you've have. Gone. Yeah, we have. Um, we went up to that – what's the uh, – Third baseline, left field, re- the, the re- that revolution. That's where we went up, and yeah. you know, because we weren't sure if uh, we had to wear a mask or not, but we went up there and sat on the uh, the balcony there, and it was, it was a good time, man. It was nice good. to be nice to be at the ballpark again. I had, was hoping to get out to the ballpark pretty soon with some, you know, other people, but you know. Was that a shot at me to take you to a game? No, <laughs> no, 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 I just, no, not at all. No, not at all. No, the uncle and I, uh, we made it out, but definitely with them getting good, you know, I definitely want to make it out. And There's no more, uh, uh, what was the thing that you had? The uh, the day of game pass or the ballpark pass? None of that anymore. But, the oh. ballpark pass. Yeah, <laughs> no. There's, there's no 60 games for $12 anymore. No. <laughs> Sixty bucks for two months, man. That that, what that's what it was. It was for April and May. The sixty, sixty dollars a month. One year it got expanded though, didn't it? To yeah, it went like to the whole season. It went to June. They were losing on pace to lose like a hundred games. It, so I think like, it, went, yeah. it went to June, and then it might have went to July, and then I remember like, I told, ah, just just show up. Well, I remember you were saying you're like Jesus. I could just buy that and and not buy season tickets because right, <laughs> yeah. it was cheaper than that. Um, yeah, no, no more ballpark pass, but I hope they do bring that back for April May games. But yeah, no, uh, I hope to make it out there, you know, a little couple more times a year. But yeah, hey, if you want to bring me a game, man, I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm all, I will. I'm willing and ready and able to go, man. So, but hey, real quick, speaking of the experience at the ballpark, I had a question for you. Yeah. Because I saw it, I still don't like it on TV, and I kind of liked it when i was there and i and want to ask you what do you think of the new home run light show at the ballpark oh so when they hit the home run they start flashing the lights in it or even at the end of the game they do it. yeah yeah uh i think it's very small market i i i love the fireworks you know you know obviously that's a staple there um i just i don't hate i'm Indiff- I'm at the end of the day, I'm indifferent about it, but I think it's very small market. Um, you know, yeah. So whatever. So for me, the thing I think the whole premise is like the natural. You know, he hit the home run. The the lights started. Oh, going. I didn't even think about that. But I think that's kind of like the basis of it. But it's more of like you know very faster with. A, that wasn't even like a White Sox thing. The natural. It wasn't. Yeah. No, no, no. But I just the hitting a home run. You know, the the light towers exploding yeah. and it kind of getting darker on the field, and I think that was the basis of it. And then like they turned it into like kind of a nightclub on the baseball field. And my biggest thing is like it looks weird on television because it, like it doesn't play well on TV. It does no. not because you're literally looking at and like I don't like it. Kind of was cool at the park, but like when somebody hits a home run. I want to see them on the field. I want to see the lights on that dude who just yeah, rushed a home run. And then, like, when they, they win the ball game, they do the light show. It's like the whole team's out there. You're going to do that? Are you? Let's say the White Sox win the World Series at home. 
Mm-hmm. You're going to turn that light show oh, off? Oh, you and, know they will. And turn half the lights off on the, the celebration photo? Yeah, you know, that's interesting because that the, the game the other night when Abreu hit that big home run in the eighth inning, they, you know, home run goes off. The crowd's going nuts, and they're showing the crowd on TV while that light thing is going. And I think the, that crowd reaction to that home run was – it seemed like everyone was in a frenzy, and that would have been really neat to see on television. But with the flashing lights, the, the, the picture was getting out of focus. You couldn't really tell what was going on. It just it doesn't look very good on television. No, it doesn't. And like, that's, I, like I said, I'll give it a couple more chances at the ballpark because it was only my first time. But for me, your bread and butter, your product is on the field. Why are you taking lights off? If well, anything, add more lights. Yeah, and... The other thing, too, is show or, the fireworks. Show so, the fireworks. That is what your your team is known. You, you're right. the ones that started that. So I was Right, exactly. And I actually had a thought on, like, how to do it if they wanted to keep the dark light show. But th- this is, to me, this is, like, we're going a little too, like, basketball-y about, <laughs> about it. Jeez. But, like, if you're going to do the light show, then – Go for it and add a spotlight on the guy running around the bo- the baseball field. Oh, now that's hamming it up. That, that is, is hamming, hamming it up. up. And I always think that's but they, too But cheap. the Sox would be the team to do that. Though. Right, like They right. would be the first one to try it's, something. That's all like I'm saying. That. It's like I want to see the guy. I want to see the home run shot because that is like the touchdown dance almost. Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, you got uh, Fernando Tatis doing his Doesn't little... – I think another team – does the light some version of this light thing though i think someone else is doing it i i will have to research that. yeah I, Please, I, folks <laughs> turn in to uh episode three Epis- and we will uh you know turn into episode three in about three years when we get to <laughs> it um but yeah we will uh we'll research for that and come back to you at that but if you're gonna do it all i'm saying is show the guy hitting the home run yeah. You know, like that's what it's all about. That's the hardest thing in, in one in sports and definitely in baseball is hitting a home run. Right. I, the one thing I do like about the new lights that they have there when they're on <laughs> um, <laughs> is that they're doing it. It kind of makes it like an NBA atmosphere where the lights are on the field. Right. Uh, and the crowd, can, the seats are kind of dark in the dark. Right. You, obviously, you don't really have that with the outfield seats just because that's just not how they it's can position work. them. They can position the lights a little bit better. Yeah, but it, it, it does make it look more like you're watching the show on the field and the crowd. And, you know, obviously for the night games, they're in kind of the they're not in the shadows, but it the, the focus is on the field. And I do like that look. I wish actually the Bulls in the United Center did that with what like the Lakers and the Knicks do is like you when you're watching on TV, you can't see, even yeah, you see even the, crowd. the crowd. The, the, it's, the lights are on the court. I like that. Uh, I, the socks with this the, this new lighting system is it's kind of reminding me of that look. Speaking of the uh, NBA real quick, I did, you, you're my NBA source and stuff. Um, how does the NBA do the championship series? Is it 2-2, two, 1-1-1? Two, one, one, and one, or yes. Is it, yeah. So then if, if the Bucks lost on Wednesday, they would have gone back to Phoenix then? Like, so Phoenix had home court advantage in this series. Yeah, so it was the first two were in Phoenix. Okay. Second two in Milwaukee. 
and then one one game yes. six they won. Okay, because yeah. I wasn't sure if it was two three and two, and I was wondering if like if the Bucks lost the other night, and they the Bucks had home court. No, no, that it's games. It's not. It used to be two three two. Right. And then no, no, it's the. Two, I feel two. like they always change it like every three years or something. Well, and they had to add about a week between the games too, which I guess, I guess it. Um, it's always been like that, but I guess I never really noticed it. But I think it's like three days between each game. No, it's not. And, and the funny thing is when you talk to people about the NBA Finals, they always joke that there's four or five days between the games. It's actually – it's not – that's not real. Why, but, why are there two days in between Well, it's, it's, it's rest. I mean, it's, it's just rest. It's, it's supposed to be to make the, the – The so, finals better and the product Yeah, better. exactly. I, gotcha. I, I, gotcha. I get that. I gotcha. Um, but I, the reason why I asked real quick is I just wasn't sure if uh, if the Bucks did have home court if and they lost on Wednesday that Game Seven would have been tonight or tomorrow and it would have been a man yeah mayhem in Milwaukee for the Sox Brewers oh and then right the, and then right, the Bucks right, Game Seven and right, they so right. that's why I was the one thing I think the is what they should try and figure out is make the games on. Uh, on like weekend, I, like ne- they didn't have a game on a Friday or a Saturday night. I believe really? game four, five was on a Sunday. Yeah, it had to have been on Sunday. Five had to have been on Sunday. Well, I mean, if you really think about it, it, that's that's probably good marketing though, because Friday and Saturday people are going out. COVID, baby, we want to get out. We want to go party. We don't want to stay yeah. home and watch the Bucks finals game. Yeah. So broadcast that stuff when you know people are going to be home watching that stuff. Nah, I think you want to have your showcase on the Friday, Saturday night. But that's the thing, though. You get you get forty people watching one TV at a bar, and you get forty people watching forty different TVs at home. It, that is true. So it's, that all, is it's true. all about money. It's, that's true. It's all about money. Speaking of Milwaukee, though, you ever been to Miller Park? Uh, I have not been there since the two thousand nine season. Any highlights of that game, or uh, I believe Gordon Beckham had just debuted on the team, so we were riding the Gordon Beckham high at that point. That Saturday game, he hit the ball down the right field line. I I don't remember. I, it was a Saturday. It had to have been the Saturday. It was a Saturday day game. It had mm-hmm. to have been. Yep. Um, and someone who was the catcher, Ramon Castro, hit a home run in that game. So there's a blast from the past of White Sox lore. Uh, so I, that was the last time I've been. Um, I, I'm going. I know you are going tomorrow. We will be. Go- I, yep. I'm going Sunday. I'm going tomorrow. We're going to do a little tailgating, yeah. bring the White Sox tent up there, taking over the city, man. There you go. Um, We're going to bring, I, the, bring I the city down. I think it's one of the most overrated ballparks <laughs> in baseball. Um, it, it doesn't do anything for me. Now, granted, I haven't been there in over 10 years, so – I'll be looking at it with a new, fresh, uh, wiser eyes. So maybe my my tune will <laughs> will change there. But I never I and I'd been there once before the last time. And I never thought it was anything special. I think the last time I went, Jose Quintana was still on the team and he pitched a game there. So like 2017, 2018, I went. Okay. And I will say, man, it's a nice ballpark in April and May games. Because that's when the Sox played him. Was it either in April or May? And yeah, I, I like fifty out, and, and the roof was closed. I was like, "Yeah, this is nice." I've heard the complaint is no matter what, it's always hot in there in the summer, even if the roof is closed. Oh, really? So it's gonna be hot there tomorrow then? Yeah, I've heard that's 
kind of the criticism is it's no matter what, it's hot. Like, even if it's closed, you're going to feel that it's still hot out. Okay. Okay. I'll, but, yeah, report back before. I will, yeah. Send me a text, you know, while you're there and yeah, let so me know. Yeah, so you're getting ready for uh, uh, Sunday. I will. Yeah. Um, because I have always, like, that park and then the one in Arizona. That that one's trash. <laughs> okay. <laughs> shots fired. Hot take alert. Now, granted, another ballpark I went, I, so I went there the weekend it opened. Okay. In 98. So it's obviously I'm. We're talking about Chase Field, right? Yes. Yeah. Yep. I haven't been there in very, very <laughs> long time. <laughs> I've never been there for a game. I went there uh, one year when we went to spring training. We, we drove into Phoenix and we just did a tour there. And I think it was 2002, 2003, because like the big thing was like, we were on a tour and like, oh, you guys just missed Luis Gonzalez. He was in the gift shop, like signing all this stuff. And it was right after. Oh, World Series hero. Uh, yeah, World Series hero. And so, but yeah, never saw a game there, but the tour is really cool. So, yeah, got to check it off on the bucket list. But now, now, would you count that as a ballpark visited since you did the tour? It's a. I've seen the ballpark. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's ball. It's like for a true ballpark visit, I need to see a game there, but okay. So that's your criteria. Yeah. I need to see a game there, but because usually like, I like to do a game and the tour, but like I've always how many ballparks have you been to? I count the ones that I've seen games at. And then I always say, well, I've also seen Chase field, but it was just a tour. Okay. So I think I'm up to like your criteria. I think I'm up to like 12 or 13. Okay. What's your number? Is it 15? 15 or 16? Yeah, you ever, 16. You ever been to the Metrodome? Yeah, it's the worst place on earth. <laughs> I would have paid money to, to press the button. <laughs> it actually, the, the, for a long time, the wallpaper on my laptop was when the snow was so heavy on the roof, it collapsed that roof. And there's a wonderful picture. I wish I still had. I'm sure you can still find it somewhere where uh, the snow in the roof is caving in onto the field. Uh, it was just a, it, they should put that in, in an art museum, how beautiful that picture was. Um, it's kind of yeah, like the, the tr- worst. It's the worst place on earth. Have you ever been there? Yeah. I, all I can remember is the theories of when the socks were up and the fans started coming on. You know, I was sitting behind the home plate. I'm like, oh, man, feel those fans when the socks are up. And then the other thing that I remember is just walking in. You literally get, like, sucked into that place. Well, it, and, and it's going out, too. It, it pushes you out the door. Yeah. It's like, who, who the fuck would want to come in? <laughs> I'm, yes, I am leaving. <laughs> get out and stay out. Yeah. No, I've been to, like, 20 games in that place. Oh wow! Yeah, okay, this guy. I, yeah, because I my dad used to <laughs> to live up there, so we would we would go a lot. And uh, oh yeah, it's hey, it speak, was a dreadful. And and then also just how awful the Sox played there. Speak, speaking real quick of your pops, is he making an appearance on August seventh? No, no, that's that's too bad. That's too bad. So, um. <laughs> But getting back to this uh, this White Sox team, question for you. Uh, Andrew Vaughn and Gavin Sheets re- recently hit their first home run this season for they the did. team. They did. If you caught a player's first home run ball, 
That's actually you would have to catch it though. Um, is you know, you're pretty bad at catching <laughs> foul balls by your seats. <laughs> One time, Mike went to the hot dog stand and ball came up, boom, right there for me. What would you ask for in exchange for the ball? Honestly, probably nothing. I would just give it to him. Like, so, what am I gonna do? I'm 37 years old. What am I gonna do with an autograph bat or an <laughs> autograph baseball? I, I guess honestly, what I would want <laughs> if I had to, scout seats, man, hook me up with scout seats or the go. guaranteed rate club. Give me two of those, and I'm golden. But honestly, I would, I would personally seek out the team. Like, you know how the, the security guards come and find the person? I would actually get up, go down there, or say, hey, I'm the guy that caught the ball. Here it is. And then just let them have it. So my thing would be is that I would, if the team was good like they are right now, just give me a team ball. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. So hopefully that that team ball becomes a world series team ball I, how does that negotiation ha- like do they come i i do they come down and do they say what would you want for and does some a-hole there's you know some slob really go yeah i want i want a bat give, give me a give me a fucking bat if he wants his ball you know i like what like do you really season have tickets to, i want yeah, season I want tickets season tickets motherfucker i like like come on give the kid a ball i mean <laughs> Give him his home run ball. Like, if anybody what ever, are you do with, it's like those goofs that have to get four bobbleheads when they're like the, the the last game I went to, they were giving out, uh, or one of the games I went to, they were giving out bobbleheads. I see all these a holes walking around with seven bobbleheads in their hand, and it's like, wh- why do you even need two? eBay. Why do you need? But they don't like. You're never going to put your kids through college on these. Like, what are you going to do? Sell them for ten dollars? Big, big, big whoop. Hey, man, you know, somebody's got to pay the season ticket somehow. That You don't, you're not going to pay shit for it. <laughs> shit! I mean, first of all, who, who has to buy them off eBay? If, if anybody was curious what a White Sox fan sounds like, I mean, you're getting two definitely different impressions here, but they're both White Sox fans. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> But I, the last two, it was the last two games. They were, they both had promotions. They were going off the scoreboard. I thought game. you said they weren't doing promotions this year. They weren't. But then when they were, when they allowed it to open up to full capacity, every it's all it was free reign. They're doing Elvis night next week. They're uh, they are yes they are next Friday. Yeah. Damn They've it. They've been doing, they did rock and roll night the other night. I saw that. I've not seen anything for the. Elvis stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, they're doing the free T-shirt Thursdays, the firework nights. God, the light show next week is going to be off the chains. Oh, I can't wait. Overdone, probably. Cannot wait. Are you going? Yeah. Yeah. It's in the ticket plan. Yeah. You're going, and I asked you about it on the last podcast, and you don't even tell me about it. But at that point, they weren't doing it. They weren't doing it at that point. I know, but you found out that they were doing it, and you got tickets, and you didn't let me know I don't remember. Mike, you think this is the first podcast we did? I I don't even know what tomorrow is. (laughs) What is tomorrow? It's... We got we got some bad habits that we gotta we gotta call out here, Mike. Okay. I don't have any bad habits. <laughs> well, well, um, Mike, what what kind of phone do you have? One of those flip phones, man. 
No, I have a, a, a smartphone. Oh, so you have a smartphone. No free advertising. There's an apple on the back of it, but there's no free advertising. <laughs> no free advertising. <laughs> there's an orange on the back of mine. There's a there's an <laughs> apple and there's... Um, what is with your inability to text back? I'm, I'm a notoriously bad texter. I, I have fielded multiple complaints to my hotline about how I don't respond either timely to text messages or I just don't respond to them at all. Yeah, I mean, I, I can text you. But my argument is not everything warrants a response. Okay, but, like, there's also the, you know, you can just give the thumbs up. You can do the ha-ha. Yeah, like, that, that's a new thing. I'm just, I'm you're you're literally that. You're literally that. the responder where, like, okay, Mike's gone on the deep end, and we got to check if, to see if he's at an AA meeting. <laughs> like, and his phone is in the bottom of a ditch. And that's why he hasn't responded. Like, we're talking about not everything warrants a response, but it's like, it's like a five-to-one ratio with you. I mean, like five texts and you get one response. No, no, the other five texts. I have heard three that weeks I am later, not, uh, a good responder to text messages. I can send, I send them, I occasionally respond to them, or when I do, sometimes it's it is uh, not very timely. <laughs> I apologize. My favorite feature, like you were saying, give like the the double tap thumbs up. Or the double tap, haha, which I've 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 gotten into that. I, I've started doing that. My new favorite feature, though, of the of the text message thing now on the particular phone that we have, no free advertising, <laughs> is how you can uh, reply. So you can my, reply the, to you a can single reply line. To a single that is that's awesome because I hate it when you, there's a long string oh. of. The bamboozle. comments, yes. The bamboozle. And then you have to, like, individually, yes, no, oh, that's great. You can do the, re- the reply. It's, it's, it's very streamlined. I love it. Real quick tangent. Um, you know, recently, you know, going out in the dating world, you quickly <laughs> find out, like, which people are fans of the long paragraph which it's just like okay i can read all this i'm going to address all this in the next text for you and then there's the people that bamboozle the shit out of you it's like bam 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 wham thank you ma'am it's like whoa so, so i'm well out of this world i'm a, I'm a married man jason so what what is what is uh are there are there names for these people are there uh, I, I didn't know that now you people are defined oh. potential Partners are defined by their texting ability. So all I'm saying is when somebody sends three text messages or more without getting a response, it's called a bamboozle. <laughs> so it's like you're bamboozled somebody. It's like ban- it's like three different thoughts, and it's like, what's wrong with just saying that all in one text? It's, oh, it's three separate thoughts. It's like, bam, 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 bam. It's like, which one do you want me to respond back to first? It's like... Let's just have a normal conversation. Do you do, now, would, now, would you normally do first in, first out, or would you would, would you go backwards? That's the thing. You, you, where do you start? How do you want me to address this? It depends on the person. It's like, literally, I, I was talking and, and chatting with somebody that literally sent me, like, seven text messages, and I'm just like, I, don't, I didn't know how to respond, so I just was like. We're done. No, no, no. <laughs> I didn't say that, but I was just like, 
which one do you want me to address here first? <laughs> like, I, I don't, I've never gotten a text like this. You just bamboozled my ass. I once did not, many years ago, I once uh, re- did not want to pursue a courtship with someone because they responded LOL too many times in oh, text God. messages. Dude, I, I was like, nope, not, nope, not doing it's, that. There are so many people like just getting to know somebody and texting with them. Because it's like, that's a whole nother discussion on how I feel like our society has, I mean, it, it, it ties in. Like, texting is a crutch of communicating now, but, like, it has evolved, and there's so many, like, crutches of, you know, communicating. And there's, like, I re- remember somebody would always say, oh, right on, right on. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. It's like, is that all you have to say? Like... Come on, come up with some substance. LOL, LOL. Oh, okay. Like, <laughs> right on, right on. Right you know? on. So it's just like, are, are, you, are we really responding here or are you just like filling in the blanks? Like, you know, so sometimes like, you know, you don't respond to me and I appreciate it because it's just like, all right, well, he's not just giving me the fillers, you know, but like sometimes it's like, come on, man. Like I sent you a good gif of uh bob Uecker, you know doing this that's not the time for this right now but i I, I probably just forgot or looked at it and then put the phone on you don't understand the, the household of a with a six-year-old too you don't the, the the phone is not attached to my hip at all times it is off on a table somewhere or it's in his hands or it's or it's in his hands that's very true <laughs> And, you know, I can look at something, I'm like, okay, and then put it down and go back to cleaning up a mess or something like that. A mess that you probably just cleaned up or 15 saying, close minutes. the window! Close the door! We're not heating or cooling off the neighborhood! I've turned into that, though, where, like, every light on is going to send us into poverty. Jesus. Like, in a closet. Well, yeah, like, with your house. <laughs> With your bougie house. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so like I, I've turned into the to the dad where it's like, do we need this light on? We're gonna we won't be able to eat for a week. What are you, tuner and hooch? You know, vacuuming uh, the shirt no. with the crumbs? No. Oh, coaster, put a coaster there. We don't wanna No, I'm not a coaster person, but okay. uh Larry. the the lights on is okay. is my big So you're not at that Larry David stage of the, the coasters, but lights no, on lights on okay. is a good one to, to get me. I'm gonna I'm, next time I'm over, I'm gonna get my beer nice and wet for you and put it ring it around on the table for you. <laughs> I wanna see your reactions. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Thank you for that. Maybe a nice little three triangle tripod. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Thanks. But um so you right, that's what I'm saying. Like there's the there's the turn off the lights, there's the coasters, and then there's get off my lawn. No, I... I but, we're, but we're just at... I'm just at turn off the lights right <laughs> okay. now, yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. Because I'm also an excessive AC person. Oh, I am too. It's like, it, it's on. As soon, like, as soon as... If it's, like, for me here... Well, I mean, today would be oppressive without... An yeah, AC. no, absolutely. But, I mean, like, here, like, living in my apartment here on the third floor, there's some days where it's, like, 75 out. It's like, holy... Yeah. Holy yeah. crap, it's gorgeous out, but it's like I'm living here on the third floor. Well, if you don't get a breeze, it, you're, you're, you're sweltering. I got to say, I think the humidity this summer has been horrendous. Horrendous. <laughs> like, my brother and I went out for a walk yesterday around his, uh, like, prairie path. Not that hot out yesterday. It was, like, 80, maybe 78 at, like, 7 o'clock. And we just came back, and we're drenched. 
And like, I don't like, I mean, I had COVID in, uh, in December and I don't know if like humidity is playing a factor or, or my allergies are really bad this year, but it's just like, for some reason this summer is like been rough on the breathing and rough on the humidity. And it's, I am like you, man, air on all the time. Yeah. Like, especially with my little, my little Biggie Smalls running around, man, it's hot in here for him. Like. I will have the air on if it's like 70 degrees in the fall because it's on the third floor. Yeah. So, yeah, no, uh, for sure. I don't even know how we got off on that tangent of... Because uh, well, I'm the old man that is... Yeah, no, you are. That, that's how it was. It was the texting. You're an old man with the air conditioning, the turning off the lights, and bad at texting. But it's not that I don't know how like, to I use think I, it. But I, it's, I know how to use I know how to use the technology. It doesn't... It doesn't uh, I'm not stumbled by it. It doesn't freak me out. It's not that I refuse the technology either. I just, eh, yeah, okay, here. Or I look at it, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll get to that, and then I'm off. You're uh, going on another tangent. Yeah, or, yeah, you know, something else needs more attention. Yeah, well, you know, poor Lucas here, as we're talking about this, is struggling here. We're in the bottom of the fourth inning, and... We don't have a score here. The bases are loaded. Uh, Lucas is struggling, though, and uh, he's working through it. Yeah, so, um, you know, we like to do a little bit of gambling here, and, you know, I told Mike that we were going to do a show bet every time. And we won the last one, didn't we? We did win the last one. Carlos Rodon went over on the strikeouts. I think it was six and a half, and he, I think he ended up with eight that day. And uh, for tonight's show bet, we took um, – Lucas Giolito's strikeout um, bet was at seven and a half, I believe. And Mike, if you had to guess where he is right now with a three and a third innings, where would you say he's at? Well, for seven the, and a half. The well, I'm sure he's under. He is under at one strikeout. Yeah, I don't think that's coming in today. So we bet we put for the show pot. We put twenty five dollars on. Lucas Giolito to go under on seven and a half strikeouts, and that would win us. Let's see, real quick. That would win us $20. Showpot's at 60 bucks, by the way, whenever you know we decide to go to Vegas. Or I was even thinking, too, you know, um, I had a couple ideas for the little Showpot that I can't remember if I said this last year. I think every opening season for the podcast and for the uh, baseball season, we should probably each either put like 50 or a hundred bucks in no matter if we're at zero or hopefully at 500 one day, just like, so every year we know we're going to be starting with that mm-hmm. and we can use that yeah. during the year. Yeah. But I also was thinking that, you know, I'm always begging you like, Hey, let's up the ante on, Oh God. Let's up the ante on the your season tickets and make them hard-headed season tickets. We could use that money towards you know season tickets and parking passes, but we're only at sixty bucks. So let's build it's that not, up a little bit. Yeah, it's not going to get the job done. But uh, yeah, Lucas is struggling today. It looks like Omar, a former White Sox, Omar Narvaez. Is he in the Milwaukee Brewers? He is. He's having a solid, solid season there. Uh, drove in a run, so it's one nothing. Uh, Brewers over the Sox here in the man. They in the got Navarez and, and uh, Avisayu. Yeah, so you know, I'm sure Avisayu will 
hit some home runs off of us. Wasn't like last year, like or maybe two years ago, the like the playoffs of like ex White Sox, like there's like you know, there's a couple of teams like with two or three guys on it. I I'm thought. sure that factors <laughs> yeah, factors <'cause> around. <laughs> I mean, look, Bobby Portis Jr. won a won a won a title just the other day and uh uh, so Cam Payne was on the Suns. Cameron Payne was on the Suns. So I couldn't tell you yeah. one guy on the Bulls right now. You know, when I do see like they post things online about players' birthdays, I'm like, dude, don't know him. Don't know him. I, you know, I know like the, you know, the core like is that Zach they Levine have. still on the team? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then Markinen. Yeah, yeah, he's that's, there. That's the only and two. Kobe people. White's there and uh, Vukicic. And uh, uh, Wendell Carter, yeah, got oh, him, Jesus. got him. But, but yeah, I mean, it's. Let me let me bring it back to the Sox real quick because Yohan Mankata just uh, just caught the final out in the end of the fourth real quick. I want to ask you, what are your thoughts on Yohan Mankata as a White Sox? I think he's the best player on the team. Whoa, the best player on the team. Yeah. Why is that? We are going to get into it, sir. I, he, I think he's, he needs his power stroke for sure to come back. Uh, I mean, but look, I mean, look, he's got a – on base is over 400. I think he's a solid third baseman. Uh, he needs to hit more home runs. He does. Uh, I know there's a – I know your criticism of him is probably that he's soft. No. I'm sure that's your – I don't I'm think sure. he's soft. I think he's a little prima donna. Yeah, maybe. I think he's just. I think he's not like crazy Dennis Rodman, but I think he's got like Dennis Rodman, like prima donna, like oh my pinky's hurting today, or you know, I got hit in the arm, you know, or I was staying out too late with some ladies, you know, at at <laughs> sub fifty one, you know, the night before on on a Wednesday. I just think. But he plays every day, so that he does not play every day because. You were just talking about Michael Kopech not being able to pitch. You know, Yoan Mankata slides into third, and he might be out for two games the next two days. His wrist swelled up. His wrist. So why is it that? Okay, so just throw it back to you. Why is it his wrist swelled up? Well, you got Michael Kopech coming back from the Because it's an established rule that he can't do this. So is it an established rule that every time Yoan Mankata comes out with a so-called injury that he's got to sit for the next two days? I think that was a injury that warrant. I, I don't, I, again, I don't sit here to pretend that I'm the team doctor, but it seemed like it was something that was warranted to be out for a couple of days. But I feel like every time he gets injured and taken out of the game, he's out the next game. And I don't have a problem with giving guys the, the extra day, especially when you're up by – you so know, eight or nine games like they've been. I don't have an issue with that. So if you were building the White Sox roster, your first draft pick would be him. Uh, well, I, again, Luis Robert isn't here. No, I'm, no, this is on the 40-man roster. Yeah, I, yeah, Mankata. Okay. Because mine would be Tim Anderson. Hands down. Uh, uh, there's, there's not a lot of wrong answers on this. I think Tim Anderson is the best player on the team. Okay. That, I'm not gonna. I just give think you an I think there. I I think, and like I wasn't, and I definitely was not gonna say Yoan Mancata is soft. I think sometimes he's a little prima donna, and I think he gets distracted sometimes in the game, and I think the game is a little too boring for him. 
And I don't mean that as like he's not interested in the game. Yeah. I think he's so good where sometimes the game is too slow for him and he gets bored with it and distracted. Could be. And maybe where I think he's, I, I mean, I, I don't want to say this, but like, because he is a way better player, but I think he's got a little of that Javier Baez where like, it's like he tunes out just a little bit, but he's a way better player than Javi. But I feel like it's just because it's so it's, it's, it's too slow for him. He gets a little bit bored and then that's where he, he has trouble making the throw to first sometimes, or, you know, he, Runs, you know, on one out and not two well, outs, I mean, and that, then that slide was was a, a kind of a stupid. Slide. Oh, you were at that game. Yeah, it, you it were at seemed that like game. a dumb I forgot about slide. That. Yeah, but I mean, like, and that's the thing is like, if you're if you're claiming he's the best player on the team, he's not making those plays. The best player on the team doesn't make those plays or doesn't make those random mistakes or you know, like I almost feel like it's just like. You're the best player on the team, and, like, why is it always something, like, going on with you? Like, it's always, like, you slid in wrong. You got hit. It's just, like. Hey, man, players got to play. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, it's not he's soft. I just think he's a little prima donna where the, like you were saying about your main earlier, I feel like sometimes the attention's got to be on Yo-Yo. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. So I mean, like, no, no. But I don't, I don't think you can make an uh, the. Uh, I don't think you can be wrong with a lot of naming a lot of different players. I think that's what's so fun is there's not clearly one guy that uh, I mean, you can probably pull five Sox fans. And they would all say five, you know, different people. But you would go with Yo-Yo as your yeah. as your draft. Yeah, I would. Okay, I go Tim Anderson. Yeah, and he's the face. Anderson's the face of the franchise, along with Abreu. I would say more. Yeah, I would say more. Just, yeah, I, I, I can get behind that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Tim Anderson's my, my favorite player. I, I would die with that dude, for sure. Yeah. yeah. But um, what was I just saying earlier about that you brought up that I wanted to get back to in a little bit? It was about the talking about the Sox beat writers. I totally forget now. Got to write this down. I do, man. I got to write notes. I do, man. Top of the. Do you fi- want to take a break and think about it? <laughs> yeah, you know what? We are going to take a little bit of break here. We are on the top of the fifth. Lucas Giolito's up, and so here's uh, an out. And uh, hopefully he bunts Zach Collins over. But we will take a little bit but of a break, and we'll be back here in a few short minutes. Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Hard-Headed Podcast. We are here, sitting here in the bottom of the sixth inning. Lucas Giolito is sitting here with a 1-0 deficit to the Milwaukee Brewers. Mike, what do you think about this game going on so far? Well, it was well. this whole series is being build, built as a pitching duel as the Sox, you know, top three starters are going at it uh, this weekend. Uh, I think over the Brewers top three starters. So usually when that happens, the games are 13 to 12. Uh, but this one, you know, as of now, still here in the bottom of the six, it's, 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 uh, you know, leading up to its billing. Um, it's a one, nothing game, but like you said, bottom of the six. So Lucas seems to be weaving in and out of trouble in this game. Where, where are we on our show bet for We're, today? It was what seven was? and a half. And strikeouts, right? Strikeouts, seven and a half. So just to inform the viewers, 
We know Mike knows this already, but seven and a half over would be eight strikeouts. Under would be seven strikeouts. Just to, you know, be a little informative to our to our listeners out there, you know, maybe that, you know, want to take a little stab at gambling. So, but uh, we're looking pretty good. He's got two strikeouts and five and a third. So, yeah, so probably not going to hit. We did strikeouts last time, I think, as we said. So we for the next show. I think we may want to do something else besides strikeouts. We we can do anything you want. We could do uh, somebody. What was the other option you you texted me today, which I properly responded to? You did. did. You were very you were very gracious in your time to take out of your time and day to respond to me. Thank you. It was uh, you. the White Sox money line. Um, they were yeah. coming into yeah. this game. Oh, they have the they have the roof open there tonight. Oh, must be must be hot. It's funny. I actually texted my buddy Ken, who I'm going to be at the game with tomorrow, and he's actually there tonight because I was wondering about our talk or discussion earlier with the roof closed. We have boots on the ground. We got boots we on the ground, man. We have correspondence tonight. And he said, wow. It, he, he said it's muggy as fuck oh, out there right now. See? <laughs> so, but, but but it's open. But though, the, the roof's roof open, open, so I'm like, why don't they have the roof closed? Because like it was funny because I can't remember my uncle and my mom were saying like. Man, it's going to be hot tomorrow. I was like, well, we got the White Sox tonight. We'll be under the shade, and hopefully we'll be inside with the air on. And then I got a little scared when you told me that they, it was a little hot. That's, it's just what I've heard. Like, no matter and what, then, open, closed, it doesn't matter. And then, it's still whatever, whatever it is outside. And then boots on the ground, our buddy, our soldier Ken, is up there, you know, fighting the good fight. And he texted me that it was muggy, muggy in there. But then I didn't see the roof was open, and then sure enough, it is. But yeah. Look at this second show. I thought the you know you never know the magic could be gone the second time around. We already have a, a, a damn correspondent out there in the field for us. What we, about that we, second show? And we have correspondence. I think we should make him our own propaganda yeah. machine and as our hard-headed beat writer. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> might as well, might as well at this point. Well, you know the funny thing is, is he kind of does look like Scott Merkin, so <laughs> that'd be perfect. <laughs> But um, real quick, just to tie it back with uh, with uh, the gambling, um, the Sox were coming in tonight with uh, being the underdogs, and they were positioned at the odds were I think one ten maybe plus one ten plus one eighteen, and on the money line that's just a straight up bet. You know, didn't have to rent, win by a certain run or anything, and I was a little surprised by that. You know, coming in, um, and I was suggesting that we could take that. That would have earned us a little bit more money on the on the. Oh. If we bet, I'm just saying if we bet, because I figure with our, our bet to start off last, the first podcast was 50 bucks and we won 45. But I figure like going forward, it could be like 25 bucks every bet. And that's what I was thinking, the seven and a half strikeouts. Or I was like, oh, Sox are underdogs. We could have got a bigger payoff if the Sox did win that, mm-hmm. if they did mm-hmm. win tonight. But uh, I like I like you. You came out with the good call and you uh, you picked the over. Oh, uh, I, no, I said no, you uh, picked, let's go back to the record. No, no, no. I was going to say, you made a good call, and you picked the under for Giolito's strikeouts tonight. Oh, that's what you went with? Yeah, that's what I – Oh, my bad. I, I, I got this. See, I, I got this totally mixed up. I thought we went – I thought – I know I did under, but I thought you – I don't, for some reason, I thought you, you went over. No, oh, no, right. we're good. We're 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 winning right now, oh, baby. Yeah, oh, yeah. I'll drink to that. Yeah. I, I, I've been watching this, thinking we were out some dough too. And Bottoms up, this team Bottoms up, man. That's right. what I'm saying. We probably got 45 bucks coming back to us. And it's still only you know one nothing. We can come back and win, and it'll be an all around positive experience. Exactly. But I was gonna say we can do. Uh, 
We can do, uh, you know, overs, unders on strikeouts. We can do if somebody can get one hit, two hit, three hit games. You know, we can bet uh, home yeah, runs. Yeah, let's, 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 you know, diverse, diversify. So one our, thing that I was our. really bummed about this year and that I really loved last year, Eloy, I used to love betting Jose and Eloy on betting home runs just to hit a home run that night because the odds on that are insane. Like, plus 300, plus 400. Like, I bet Eloy one time. I think they were playing the Brewers last year in Milwaukee, and I bet Eloy 50 bucks to hit a homer, and he won me, like, 240 bucks. And it was dead center. Dead center. And, like, I was so excited because, like. For plus 300? To, it's, wow. Huh. That's what I'm saying, just to hit a home run. And it's, like, and, like, I feel like home run hitters are, like, most of the home run hitters, like, they hit them in spurts. Yeah. So it's yeah. like if you if he hits one, it's like, all right, you probably should bet, like, the next ten games right. to see what happens. And, like, I was so excited because last year was only 60 games of Eloy and Luis Robert. And, you know, I kind of did Robert, Abreu, and Eloy. Sometimes Mankata because his odds were a little bit higher. But, like you were saying, he's not a big – he's more of a doubles hitters, high average guy than a homer yeah. guy. But, man, like, I was excited because it was, gambling started last year. It was 60 days, 60 games of Eloy, and I'm like, you know, coming into this season, I'm like, nice. We got 162 games of Eloy hitting home runs, and then, boom, wah, he, got, he got hurt. And I was just like, I haven't really been doing uh, the home runs uh, gambling much this year because if you White Sox fans and ladies and gentlemen out there have not heard – they're pretty low on the list of hitting home runs in the yeah. in the season this year. However, they're top in top in July, I believe. So um, power is coming back. Power is coming back at the right time. But yeah, you can do uh, you can do. I've been doing so since the home runs have been down. I've been doing a lot of overs unders on strikeouts. I do like that. You know, I have a love pitching and everything. But yeah, you can do home runs, uh, strikeouts, hits. You can just do. Uh, the standard money line, you can do, uh, you know, the run, you know, kind of like points in basketball, win by one and a half, you know, favored by two and a half or whatever. So, yeah, whatever. We could do a little parlay action too. You know, I was actually thinking about sometimes it depends on which book, no free advertising here, but which which book we use. Some some teams and – I'm sorry, some books do the same game parlays. Um wasn't sure if the book we went with tonight, though, would allow it, but I was kind of, when I sent you that of the money line as the Sox were the underdogs and that Giolito we picked the under, I was like, that would have been a nice parlay, but. Well, for the third show, the second show, yeah, you yeah. know, the second show we're trying to make just as good as the first one. Trying to re- reclaim hey, the magic. I'm just happy you're here sitting here at a second show. Yeah. It only <laughs> took three months, you know. We had some starts and stops along so, the way. So going, you know, I, we, I don't know if uh, we mentioned this. We, we talked a little pre-show meeting that we're going to try to put out maybe three to four more uh, hard-headed podcasts before the season is over. And definitely if the White Sox make the playoffs like we fully expect them to, we yeah. might not be doing – We Mike and I kind of were – oh, man, Mike and I uh, – he was out there, Mike. He was out if the ball was there, man. Sorry. Well, it was there. He tripped. Yeah. Um, little pickoff at second there. Failed miserably. Um, but uh, Mike and I were talking about that. We might try to, you know, the Sox are good, and, and we are uh, definitely want to put out some podcasts during the, the postseason because we want, 
you know, to give you our thoughts and everything. But we were kind of thinking about maybe doing some after-game thoughts because we definitely want to be tuned in just like you, the fans, and uh, want, to, want to definitely, you know, have our full attention towards the playoff games. And, and then we can, you know, give a good show afterwards and, and give you our thoughts. But we're definitely going to try to do, uh, you know, four regular season shows, maybe, maybe three or four, and then put some out in the postseason. But I was going to say, I think for next year, along with our – pre-show prediction meeting, you know, of putting maybe a hundred bucks in each of our po- or of our show pot. I think we should do, if, I don't know if you ever saw it, Fever Pitch, where they have the um, the draft of who gets the, to go to the games with uh, Jimmy Fallon. We need to sit down next year and we need to circle the games, kind of like you mentioned, possibly doing the Field of Dreams game coming up in a couple weeks. We need to do that for the whole year. Oh, earmark the games. Earmark the games of like, yes, this one needs we we're going up against the twins. Yeah, but life happens though, Stone Pony. No, life happens, but at least we're not winging it of like, hey, are we free this weekend? That's true. That's hey, true. hey, got anything going on? Yeah. yeah, I'm trying to get a bat from Andrew Vaughn, who hit his first homer. That's you, man. You you want the gold, the pot of gold for the. I do have a quick story that I didn't get yeah. to get in earlier about that. So I was sitting. Um, uh, left field, second row by the bullpen, and I think somehow, excuse me, excuse me, the guy across that my dad knew, um, Maglia Ordonez like hit his 30th home run or something, and that was like the most home runs he ever hit in a season, or it might have been even a little bit. I can't remember if it was his 30th or not, or if it was in his 30s. And it either was his 30th home run, and that was the most he's ever hit, or it was in the 30s, and that was the most home runs he ever hit. But they wanted the ball because of one of those two reasons. And I'm just like, and I almost want to lean that, I don't know, I could lean either way. But it was just weird. I kind of want to lean that it was like the most home runs he hit in his 30s because it was just like, who would want a 30th ball? And I think it was the most home runs he hit in his season. But then he would be hitting – he would try to be getting the ball. I think it was the 30th, actually, because if he just kept hitting balls throughout the year, right. it would be the most, most, most. I think it was his 30th. For some odd reason, they wanted his 30th ball. And they came down, and the guy goes, yeah, I want a signed bat. I'm not giving the ball unless it's a signed bat. I'm like – What a dope. I'm just like, who cares? It's his 30th ball. Like – well, the thing is, too, the, you know, the people, when they, you know, I, I understand catching a home run ball or a foul ball is a cool thing, but how long do you really have it on? You know where that's going? Right yeah. where the player's going to put it, on the shelf. But is it, though, like, I've caught foul balls. I don't know where they are anymore. Right. <laughs> I've caught a home run a couple years ago. I don't know where that ball is anymore. It's cool for a little bit. You tell people about it. You show it to them. But after a couple weeks... And no one cares anymore. Yeah. And it's it's funny because, like, I even, like, have that feeling with autograph baseballs. Like, there's my elite autograph baseballs, and then there's, like, there's the elite – there's the autograph baseballs that I got at a kid when I didn't care who was signing my baseball. And it's just like, ooh, what the – Mike Lavalier. Yeah. Sean Lowe. Yeah. Remember Rocky, Sean Lowe? And ooh. Rocky Biddle. Ooh, Rocky, Lorenzo Barcello. Yeah, yeah. That's a little that's a little fun game that I love doing is speaking of bullpens on you know, going real quick going back to that, like how 
We were supposed to be the greatest bullpen coming into the season. I don't trust bullpens at all anymore because you could have you could pack the previous season of the best bullpen guys. It doesn't matter. It's always different. It's yeah. always different. Yeah. So like bullpens are always changing, and I that's one fun thing. You know, fourteen to two on some Tuesday night, just going through bullpens of previous years and Rocky Biddle, Scott Schoenweiss, Lorenzo Barcelo. Oh. Darren O'Day. Uh, yeah, David Ardsma. Oh, that one David year. Ardsma, the first player in the encyclopedia of baseball. Is he? I did not Double see A. that. I did not know. Double A. I did yeah. not know that. Yeah. Will Omen. Oh, God. I remember when Will Omen, we, uh, we went to St. Louis, and uh, Will Omen, uh, I think I traded a couple days after that, but he was playing catch in the outfield. And I went to a Cubs – Sox game at Wrigley one time, and Will Omen put, picked up, like, the fire hose that they water the field with, and he picked it up and sprayed the entire outfield seats. Nah. I was like, Will Omen, you will never do anything on the baseball field that will top to this moment right here for me. <laughs> so thank you for that. So I wanted to ask you real quick because – and I promise you, okay, this was a topic I wanted to bring up before we had our little dis- – um, our discussion about the City Connect uniforms – this was a discussion that I just thought it was funny. This was a topic that I wanted to bring up. But then when you, when Mike disliked the city. No, Connect, I, I don't dislike them. Okay, I fully like them. I would purchase one. I hope they come back. Even though they. They're there. They're out. Are they? Yeah, they're, they're out. I've with, seen them. But with players' names on them, though. I know they're out mm, blank. Yeah, I don't know. So I want I a Timmy Anderson one because I feel like. That's like his four hundred dollars. No, they're not. No, no, not the not the ones with the crappy bottoms at the bottom. The what? The... If you ever see like the real jerseys, untucked. Yeah. They have like the it's the jersey that comes down and then it's like a blank, like it's like a it's like a weird line cut off. You okay. Don't, like the jerseys they wear, you don't want to wear, um, untucked because it just it doesn't flow. Like the, okay. I'll show you the like the jersey replicas that I have. It's are, not good drip. <laughs> it's not like the jerseys that I have, about 150, 160 bucks with player names on them. Okay. They're replicas, but the funny thing is, is like, I do want one. I do want a Tim Anderson one, but, um, I feel like he was the one that was like that's the one that represents that jersey. But the funny thing is, is they're zero three in those wearing those. Yeah, jerseys. they gotta stop wearing those. Yeah, or they gotta start winning in them. But yeah. I was going to ask you, um, throughout the Sox franchise history, what are your top three to five favorite jersey styles that the Sox have worn? Uh, well, the current one is their best one. Okay. Uh, the and my favorite of the three that they wear are the is the black top. Yeah, the black top the is black hands is, down is the is the smoothest of them all. I hate the gray uniform. Yeah, I I can take it or leave it. I I know some people love it. Um, I I I I would like a different way to spell Chicago than the, the than cursive. the script across or the yeah the, the cursive across. But um, I yeah I that's like the th- that's number three. It would be the black top, then the white pinstripes, and then the the. So the you're gray. you're going with all three right now? No, just the current the current. No, no. no. So this is the this is the top three or five. Ever in the White Sox yeah, history. Yeah, uh, so I would say the black top, okay, and then the white current pinstripe, and okay. then the the fifty nine, okay, the, the home fifty nine. 
Okay. Those would be my three. My dad would love you right now, man. Big Nelly <laughs> Fox and Louis Aparicio fan. Yeah, he, those would be my three. He loved the red uh, and black and the and the two. Okay. Yeah. So it's real quick though. Bringing up the gray jerseys, I just want to uh, point out my my buddies at at Grandstand. Pete, you know the uh, the former owner of Grandstand. He after 05, he said that the gray jersey was the biggest seller after the 05 jersey because I think they wore it. well they they wore it in every clinching game. Yeah. And I was like, holy crap! I didn't think about that. Yeah. But like when I go to buy a jersey, I'm like. I never thought about that, but like I, I wouldn't buy that because of that. But that's kind of a, you know, that's kind of a surprise. Yeah, it's, maybe it's just kind of embedded in people's. Well, that's head. what I was. Yeah. That's what I'm. So, I'm like, I didn't think of that, but it's cool that other people did think of that. For me, though, I would say black tops for sure are really cool. I'll probably go more than three on this, but um, just because it's my question, but I would probably say the black tops. I would say the white pinstripes. I definitely like the eighty threes that they wear. I do like, I have a soft spot for the, I think it's like 89 to 91 with the, the cursive. Yeah, yeah. But, but I only like, I like the cursive, like the red and blue and white, yeah, white like socks. Yeah, the, the Frank Thomas rookie year. Exactly. Yeah, I love that. Great. And I yeah. wish yeah. they brought those back. Yeah. Those, and because I, because I want them to bring them back so I could buy a replica of it. And then I would, I would probably say the 59 are right up there. So yeah. I, that's four. That's four. Yeah, I you can't go wrong with um, that that Frank the the early Frank Thomas era one. Um, you know, some of them just don't make a lot of sense to me. Like I know they're they're some of the popular ones, like the red, the '60s, late '60s, the red pinstripes with the red logo. I, I am not a fan of the '83 one at all. I think it's been killed by just the constant wearing of it uh, lately during the games um i i i I can just if i never see that one again that's fine um you know they certain they have a just because they have a ton doesn't mean they're all great quantity doesn't mean quality so you know they they certainly have a lot to choose from but really the the only ones that i like to see them wear are obviously the current ones and then um that 59 one i don't hate what they're doing with the current logo at times where they spell out white socks in cursive across the chest. I, I see that like on like practice jerseys okay. at time or practice t-shirts. I don't hate that. I wouldn't want that to replace their current pinstripe, right. but I don't hate that. And I like that as maybe like an alternate logo maybe. So let me ask you this. This is a thing like I've always noticed growing up, growing up, and seeing the Sox logo and seeing so many, like, back in the day, like, 90s rappers wearing it as the hat logo mm-hmm. and, like, just people on the West Coast, like, I'm like, why is he wearing it? Like, you know, like, the team's in the city, and it's just, like, that was just, like, a distinct logo that, like, people liked it that I kind of grew up, like, when you look at the Sox logo, do you look at it as just, like a, like, a, like, a print logo, or do you actually read Sox on it? Like, do you see the word socks on it, or do you see it more as just like a, like a logo, that like, is a a shape almost. Like, do you mm, see a word? I never really. Like, do you see a word spelled out, or I never do you see really it as thought a, about it? So but, for me, like, like I look at it as a logo, and then like, 
you really got to look at it and like like read socks out for me. Hmm. If that makes sense a little bit. A little bit. I it like for I me. I never really thought about it. Like because I think it's for me it's like I think it because it's congruent, you know, it's connected whereas like the 83 ones like obviously spell socks out. Right. Right. You know, and like I always associated it with uh with the New York logo because that's just simply N and Y. So easily, you know, that's a logo and it's N and Y. But like the Sox logo is cool because it's a logo, but it's actually spells out the team name. Yeah. So yeah. like for me, like it, like I mean, we look at the Brewers logo. They, they wear the the M and the B with the the mitt there, and that's kind of the same thing. It's like, do you make out the M and the B, or do you make out just the mitt? And for me, like I've always just looked at the Sox logo, and it's just the logo for me. It's not. Like you really look at it, and it's like, oh yeah, it spells socks. But to me, it's just the logo. You ever notice that with the Brewers logo, though? Well, I, I. So if you look at the Brewers logo, I just have been taken back by. I don't know if it's your TV, the way I'm sitting, but that does not look like Avisel Garcia. He's up right now. Looks like he lost about twenty-five. That pounds. maybe that's it. That does not look like him. Can you confirm that that's him? Um, I can confirm that uh, Boots on the Ground admits or acknowledges that Bummer sucks. Well, yeah, he's terrible. That's that's Avisel Garcia. That is Avisel Garcia. How is he still in the majors? He's having a solid year. He had a solid year last year. And with Tampa. And with I Tampa. Believe. Yeah. Speaking of Tampa Bay, we talked a little bit about this pre-show. How do you feel about them getting Landon Nelson Cruz? I don't like it. I wanted him to stay on the Twins uh, just so he can stay there and be irrelevant. Now he's going to a team that, uh, you know, the Sox do have three more games with uh, later this year, so they're going to see him. Uh, that is not Avisel Garcia. That is not him. That it is, can't be. That is him. He's off the roids. Wow. Wow. Uh, wow. Uh, getting back to uh, Tampa, no, or Nelson Cruz. Yeah, that's a guy that they're now going to have to see three times again at the end of the year uh, in games that are going to be big. And then also, you know, it's it's potentially going to be a team that if they make the playoffs, you know, Tampa can is going to potentially be there too that they're going to have to face. And uh, Nelson is a Sox killer. Well, you know, to – to go back with the Sox, prediction, Sox predictions, how we all think they might make the playoffs, um, who are you most worried about facing in the playoffs? Uh, the Astros, because I think they're the – I think at, right now there's – I still think they're the best team in, in the American League, if not the enti in, entire baseball. Oh, how about the uh, L.A. Dodgers? Yeah, I mean that's that. Yeah, they're they're there too. Uh, but uh, the, at least immediately, your immediate issue is going to be the to face the Dodgers in the World Series. You are likely going to have to get through Houston. Speaking of the 1959 team, I would love, just for the memory of my dad, how great it would be to have a White Sox. Uh, Dodgers World Series because I just know if that ever happened, all those '59. Yeah, those would come out. All yeah. would come out. Yeah. All the stories, all the memories, and and I would totally love to see that. I'm. It would be cool if they if they if that ever did happen. One day I know it will never happen, but it would be cool if they could wear 
the replica uniforms, but oh, yeah. that will never happen in the World Series because of the World no, Series yeah. branding and right. uniforms and stuff. Yeah, I mean, you know, they could do something where it's a, a day game where they wear that or something like that. Matt, Matt Spiegel on the score all the time advocates how cool it would be to have a World Series Saturday day game. Yeah. Never would happen. Or a Sunday day game. What, 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 would, what would that do? What would that bring to the table, though? Is what I don't understand. Well, there's not much bringing to the table of Major League Baseball right now, so. Right. Yeah. So no one watches it now, <laughs> at, at, except so, for the hardcore fans so and the you, fans of the teams. What's a better day game, Saturday or Sunday? Uh, Sunday. There should never be Saturday day games. Yeah, I, you were just talking about. Weren't you just talking about it with the NBA playoffs? Why is there not a Saturday night game? Let's go out. Let's go to the game. Let's go out after. Yeah, but it's. I'm talking about sitting down and watching that the, the NBA way. finals on TV. Games though, you're 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 lugging. You know, people can be lugging families around, kids around. You know, I I get the idea of having some day games there, just so you can get a. A, a family out to a, a, the ballpark during the day there's a instead reason instead of going you know lugging everyone out at night and keeping you know kids up late at night i i, I get that well two things one it's a saturday and but second still one, you still don't want your there's kids a reason sometimes 11 12 at night especially if they're young kids okay mr mark six-year-old up to 9 30 no i'm but i'm but just even kidding. if even younger you. than that you don't want them up till midnight well who's bringing a four-year-old Look or younger Go to any park. Yeah. Go to any sporting event, or go to go to anywhere, and there's kids out. There's too many kids. Well, <laughs> there's too many kids. You know what I'm starting to like is that there are like adult areas at like casinos and and areas and bar. Well, not bars, but like there's just like and I don't have a problem with kids. But one area that I wish you know how they have like adult swim at pools. Mm-hmm. I wish there were adult hours at grocery stores. <laughs> I know this is the weirdest take, and we'll probably edit this out. No, no, no. This is going to go on. This record. is staying in. I just wish, like, and it doesn't have to be, like, like the busy, like, 11 to 2 on a Saturday, but maybe, like, no kids allowed, at, like, before 10. Well, the kids holding up the aisle when you're trying to pay? Oh, my God. I mean, like, you're trying to get, like... kids fumbling with their 20s? Their 20s. Yeah, the kids are just running up and down the aisles because mom can't pick out which pasta she wants. <laughs> it's just I like... Know. I've never seen this. I've never seen this. Well, I mean, this. you live in the city, Mike, so, I mean, you probably get I your groceries... I live in a family del- neighborhood, though. Yeah, but it's you not... probably get your groceries delivered in your bougie no, house. No, I don't. <laughs> no. No, one, no one else is handling my food except for people in our household. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. You probably get your groceries delivery, and then you put them in the garage, and you wipe that stuff down three or four times before they no, come in the house. No, <laughs> I'm just, not doing that. I'm just saying, the grocery store. You know, a lot things would go a lot quicker if maybe a couple less kids. No, I. It would go quicker if there weren't people shopping for other people. The delivery people are no. not having to scan every goddamn thing in there, so they pull the right thing that that will make the grocery stores less uh backed up you know what get those people out of there you know what would make Not grocery stores a lot a lot faster if we you know and i'm just gonna say this right now shout out to the wheaton marianos 
and all the cashiers there. Because every time I go to Ween Mariano's, I'm sorry, the Mariano's and Ween. No free advertising. Jason. I'm just saying, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's not a good advertising, just a little shout out. They don't have any baggers there. And the cashiers are bagging and scanning the groceries. And my uncle and I always make the comment, you guys should get paid double. You're doing two jobs. Hey, it's, it's a tough, tough labor market right now, man. It's not a tough labor market. Nobody wants these jobs. Well, go go help them out. I do help them out. They're scanning, and I feel bad for them, and I'm bagging my own groceries. No, you actually, I don't help. I do I help. I don't help. Because I do help, and here's why I help. Because if you don't ask for paper or plastic, they give you plastic, and you come home with 25 bags. You ask for paper, and you bag your own, you come home with three bags. So, yes, I do help. No, I'm I, very, I don't work there. Yeah, I know, because you live in a bougie house. No, I, you kick those feet up on that cart, and you, you bag my groceries, baby. No, no. I, Make sure the meat goes in a separate bag. No, I don't. I don't. They ask if I always want the meat in plastic. I, I, I decline that one. Here's what I don't get, okay? The meat comes in a paper wrapping. Right. We ask for paper bags. And they still ask, do you want the meat in plastic? Well, sometimes the juice. The leaks, I know, yada, yada, yada. I don't want chicken juice everywhere. Where do you want the flanges going all over the place? I don't want the juice. You don't like the chicken juices? No. No. (laughs) Raw chicken juice? No, I don't. I got to say. That's interesting that you're you're a bagger. You're you're a bagger. Well, it's it's honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm at the point now, like I've thought about this, where like I've started saving my my paper bags to bring back and I'm but just, do they allow I thought they're not allowing you to bring bags anymore well so I don't so I was just gonna say what I, are the rules I what are the rules Jason I don't know I'll, I'll get back to you in about six months when we do our third podcast <laughs> but I was going to start I, I'm saving the paper bags because I was gonna bring them back but then I'm like thinking I'm like wait a minute if I'm saving bags just recycle them well no, I can't recycle them. But what I'm saying though is, is like if I was going to save paper bags, I'm like might as well just get like four totes, and just bring totes in. But I don't know. The stocks give them away every other week. These the, the totes. Yeah, my uncle's got twenty of them. He <laughs> loves a good free tote bag. I mean, he's got five totes from the last eight auto shows. Right. Yeah. So, but I mean, like I never like liked free totes. But like now thinking about it, I'm like, yeah, I could probably use like. But well, you're a grown ass man now. But I'm also trying to be a little bit green, a little bit recycling. You know, don't really rise at me, okay? This planet is burning. It is. It is. But we got rich. Things. We got rich assholes trying to go to the moon and start colonies in space. It's like let's spend all that money and save Earth. Yeah. Well. Um. But yeah, but they don't allow them anymore. So they don't allow tote So I gotta. Yeah. Uh, but how, who's checking that? Like, is it the cashiers that yeah, say? Yeah, they say we don't, we we won't fill for some reason, even though that's it's been proven that. It, that is that it, a COVID thing, or yeah, is that it's a COVID thing? Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, which doesn't make any sense anymore at this point, but a lot of a lot of things right. don't make sense. But uh, so yeah, so all right, so you 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 help. I do help. Yeah, might as well. You, I mean, you, what a hero. Well, I mean, what a hero. I just hate like. I hate sitting there watching somebody like do the hard work. And then I see another person waiting for that person to do the hard work because they're waiting on me doing the work. It's just like, bam, bam. Thank you, ma'am. Let's get what it the, off. The, the cashier thinks that when people come in, help. 
Oh, every time I've done it, they've said, thank you so much for helping. I really appreciate it. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's usually nice young women that are thankfully working (laughs) there. No, no, no. I'm not. I don't mean it like that. That's why. No, no. What I'm saying is like, it's like young women that like are like struggling, you know, doing 14 things at once. And I, I'm just standing there and I'm like, yeah, I don't mind helping you. Like, let's, I'll move your day along. Like, we can get this going for you. That's why we're helping. That's not why we're helping. But thank you, Michael. I really appreciate <laughs> that little tidbit of this podcast. The broadcasting school is really paying off. <laughs> oh. Well, this seventh inning has really come to a crawl as the White Sox have really uh, labored through this inning. They've given up a run here. But a lot of base runners here in this game looks like it's almost about to be blown open here with a couple runners on base. You know, we've had we we talked about you know no not not, not a couple runners on base. All the potential <laughs> possible runners are on base. <laughs> All potential what, runners. What does Hawk say in uh, Seattle? The sacks or packs with semen. With semen, yeah. <laughs> But, uh, you know, we talked a lot about uh, earlier about, um, you know, the, the pleasant surprises that, you know, the, the White Sox roster has, has shown and, 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 and produced this season. What would you say, you know, and, and this is, I, I kind of like this question because it's a, I think it's a small niche because of like, and it's a good problem to have with 20, 20 games up and, you know, nine games in first. What would you say is the most disappointing player or besides injuries just performance on on the roster oh that's that's something i haven't really wanted to haven't thought about because they've been so good you don't think about that when they're next man up yeah yeah um you know what real quick just before you answer that what i've been hearing a lot and reminds me so much of 05 is it's a different guy every night yeah next man up yeah but I'm just saying, like, I'm not trying to associate this team to 05. I'm just saying this team is – it's nice when you're not relying on the Abreus and the Mancadas and right. the Andersons every night. And if they don't hit, that's it. You lose. Right. You know, right. it's it's like however far those three are going to take you, because obviously Eloy and, uh, and the Rivera are out, but it's mm-hmm. just like that's what I hate is, like, when it's like – because in the beginning, of like, I think it was, like, May maybe, like, those three were struggling in Grandal too, and it was just mm-hmm. like, well, we kind of suck, and then the other guys started picking it up. So that's, I mean, I wouldn't say, like, because it's like that, that's it's like 05, but, you know, next man up, and it's a different dude every night, and they, Burr just walked in a run, so now it's 3 nothing in the top of the sevens. But, yeah, what's the biggest disappointment or, dis- you know, I wouldn't say anyone has been a disappointment this year, and I wouldn't say anyone has been... Uh, Maybe not a disappointment, but below the expectations that were set out on him. I think you're leading me to say someone... Uh, I mean, Giolito has not been the guy he was last year or the year before that. I mean, that... But I, but he hasn't been bad. No, no. Like, he's been fine. That's not who I'm thinking of. Um... But yeah, I mean, he's certainly not as he's not been the pitcher that we've seen the last couple of years. But again, like I just said, he's he, I, 
I'm totally fine. When he pitches a game, I don't think it's an automatic loss or anything right, like right. that. Like tonight, he pitched pretty well tonight. Yeah. Um, he only gave up a run, I think, right? So One run and perfect time to uh, check on our little yeah. show pet well, because he's gone now, he is but... out of the game. And let's see if we uh... – he had three strikeouts. Yeah, so we were. So we're, we're two for two on yeah. the show bats, guys. And Tony's about to get tossed in this game. Tony's uh, showing a little emotion in the game right now. Um, but in turn, I think this is the most emotion we've seen yeah. from him all year. He hasn't uh, even been. Ta- he hasn't even come out and argued this year. Not that I can recall. Well, it's kind of hard when you're eighty-eight. When you're asleep, yeah, eighty-eight years old. Um. That's just for everybody to know, and and we're gonna we're gonna do our socks prediction, excuse me, our socks predictions, um, live next year as a podcast. But one of the categories that we like to do is managerial ejections and how many that the manager will get. And I think you're right, Tony La Russa does not have any this year. Yeah, no, he doesn't. And and, and then and numbers- also too, I think the umpire is probably. Res- Respect like, him too respect much. Respect him too much to toss him. And I will say, ever too. since replay, the numbers of ejections have gone well, yeah, way down. Yeah. But it's still yeah. fun. Like, Renteria was ringing him up sometimes on balls and I strikes. I think he just wanted to get out of there. Oh, uh. Wouldn't you with that, with that team? <laughs> oh, he got tossed. Oh, he did. All right. What did, well, there's wow. one. That's all right. One on the first time on the podcast, he, Tony. Like, what does he say? I, I don't know. Um, so Who, who pl- gives a shit? Yeah. <laughs> Um, player that dis- has disappointed. I mean, you can say. I I with Dallas Keuchel, I kind of want one more inning out of him every time he goes out. Do you think Dallas Keuchel is like Javier Vasquez? He just hits I that have wall. Not, I, I haven't. I haven't. You. I haven't thought of that with him. Um. But yeah, him. You know, again, a guy that's not like he's out there. And you're like, oh, well, we're losing today. Right. But like, just one of those guys that were like, I need one more inning out of you today, or something right. like. You know, um, I, I honestly, there's no one that I've been like, ugh. For me, just because of the expectation, Aaron Bummer. Oh, totally well, different guy. I, but I lump him in with the entire bullpen. I think right. the entire bullpen. The only reason why just be a lot I say him though is because it's what do you get like a four-year, sixteen million dollar yeah. deal? Yeah. So and and I, Evan Marshall has, was bad too before he got. I hurt. never, I never liked him. <laughs> I, I didn't, I didn't. Just I like Bummer because he was a lefty. But I'm, I was, I didn't like that deal when they gave it to him because I'm always scared going back to. Like Hendricks, even like the only the only p- player in a bullpen you overpay for, or even give a long contract to, is a closer. But like, yeah. F- like yeah, sure, sixteen million is chump change over four years. That's four million dollars. But like, bullpens can go woo wee. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, it's like unless they just wanted to have a stable person there f- for a few years, like knowing you've got a guy for the seventh, like just. So you don't. So you don't. So it's just one less guy you need to sign. Well, or I was gonna for. say. I mean, you started that out saying like one guy you have in the seventh inning, and then it kind of came back to. Well, oh, there's one guy well, in the bullpen. Can't. Right. There's one guy in the bullpen that we don't need to fulfill. I mean, like that's kind of what Bummer is right now. Right. Well. I mean, like, okay. Let's just going back a little bit to playoffs. Let's say that. 
Well, everybody, the Milwaukee Brewers just hit. Oh, so the Brewers do the light thing, too. There you go. There you go. That's the team I was thinking about. It doesn't seem as uh, dramatic dramatic as as the Sox, but. Well, it's still dark a little bit. For uh, people wondering what's going on in the in the game, the Milwaukee Brewers just hit a grand slam, and the score is seven nothing in the bottom of the seventh. Oh, well, you can't win them all. Jason. Can't win them all. So we had a lot of things to talk about. Let's let's get into some of these <laughs> things. But I would say, let's say, I mean, real quick for the playoffs, you know, if uh, let's just say Kopech is either that he's pitching four innings somewhere, three four innings somewhere. So he probably is not pitching the seventh, eighth, and ninth. Hendricks is your 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 ninth. Current roster, who's your seventh and eighth right now? See, this is a just a. I was telling Mike. You just gotta roll the dice. I was telling Mike during the break. I I want to get these podcasts out because this is the fun part, man. We strategize during these dog days of August, so you know this is the fun part right here. What would you do with the seventh, eighth, and Innings, uh, probably Ryan Burr, and but there's no good option. Okay, for me, Cody Hoyer's oh. in there. <laughs> Cody Hoyer's okay. my boy. All right, all right. And then uh, I'd rather put Jose Ruiz out there than Cody Hoyer. Oh boy, oh boy. Mike's only one, <laughs> one beer in. Yeah, I mean that's the thing is like you know who I mean who do we got in the bullpen right now Ruiz, Hoyer, um, Burr, Kopech, Kopech, Hendricks, Bummer, Bummer, who's the seventh Crochet. guy? Crochet, Crochet. Doesn't instill a lot of confidence. Can Hendricks pitch the seventh, eighth, and ninth? He can pitch too. <laughs> he can, and it, I wish the manager felt like he could do that more. I, I think there's just no need to do it right now. Welcome back, uh, ladies and gentlemen, to the Hard-Headed Podcast. We here are in the top of the eighth of the White Sox-Brewers game in Milwaukee, where the Brewers are leading 7 to nothing here. A grand slam was hit uh, an inning ago in the bottom of the seventh here. and Yeah, not- this one's over. <laughs> Mike says this one this, this one's over. Uh, you can pack this one up to Cooperstown, Stone Pony. <laughs> Yeah, you can pack this one up to Cooperstown, uh, Mike, because this game is not looking good. Um, yeah, everyone's getting tossed. They're down by a lot here in the late innings here, what, the eighth inning. So I thought we were going to keep our streak perfect, two shows, two wins. But uh, well, you know what's most unless, important? Unless a miracle happens. Unless You know what's most important? What's we that? did keep our streak in line. Two shows, two show bet wins, oh, man. Well, there you go. There you go. Cash. Cash always plays. Bottoms Cash up. For you guys listening, bottoms up. Not if you're driving. But we talked about last podcast. We talked about how you saw a tenant and that you sh- you thought that it needed to get its proper due to be re-released into theaters. And I kind of I just think circumstance. It it's as oh absolutely that. circumstance absolutely. Yeah. So kind of kind of got my my wheels turning a little bit and i was kind of thinking about movies that either i came out before i was born or movies that came out when i was a kid and i definitely wasn't old enough to see but and same for you 
what are some movies that fall in that category that maybe 25 years ago that like the first time you saw them was like on t- television with obviously not with a theater surround system yeah or um just a or not even a theater surround system but also just the big screen what are some movies that would fall in line that you would like to maybe see released and like you know see in a theater yeah i don't know i mean i'm not a big uh you know there are movies that they do tend to sometimes re-release them uh, in theaters for their anniversaries. I I don't know if there would be a movie that I would care to head back to go see um, in a movie theater. I I don't know. I don't. Know. What about you? Well, you just re- think, maybe something will jog my my uh, sure my mind here. Thanks it, for ruining the segment, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, so for me. For me, my favorite movie ever is Heat. And the reason why I say that is because Heat, growing up, every time you go to uh, uh, Best Buy, Fry's, and ABT, and they're trying to showcase the surround sound on the speakers, they would would always have Heat playing with the bank robbery scene. What? Oh, yeah. Really? Oh, yeah, the bank robbery scene with the shootout going down L.A. Street. (laughs) Oh, yeah, and it's just... (laughs) I don't remember that. Yeah, for sure. We'll we'll do we'll do some extra innings on that someday because Heat is definitely one of my favorite movies. I love Al Pacino and Robert De Niro, but like there's there's that scene in Heat. There's the scene at the beginning or the first uh, the first uh, armored car robbery where the I think it's a tow truck and like it just rams into the into the armored car and it just sounds like a freight train coming through your living room. But, uh, I mean, like, I've never, like, that's the only way I've ever seen it. I mean, I, the first time I saw Heat was, was when my dad bought the VHS. It was one of those twofer VHS tapes. Oh, it's because it was super long. Super, super long. And it was, it's, it's funny. Like, I do remember, like, just looking at my dad's shelving unit of the VHSs. Like, I could pinpoint which ones were the two and, and the three ones. And, and Heat was definitely one of them. But, yeah, Heat is definitely one of them. Uh, Terminator 2 would fall in there just because of the the mm. technology. I and mean, that's been out, I think, a couple times. See, I've never I've never taken advantage of that. Yeah. But like, it's funny because I remember on the last podcast I was kind of like against going back to the theaters. But like you asking that question about Tenet being re released got me thinking. And like Heat is definitely up there. I know I saw Town in the theaters, but like Point Break would be up there. That's one of my favorites. But that was like. You know, early 90s, yeah. bank robbery, gun shootout. Like, I think it would be awesome with the waves and the surfing and the and the um, skydiving. Older movies? I mean, before I was even born? Yeah, I think that's interesting. I think the, the opportunity there would be to see an older movie uh, that may not necessarily get its due at home. Um, yeah, I think that might be it. Um I, I could I could definitely go for an older flick, maybe re-release. Going to see that. Um, I think what they did, you know, speaking of Godfather, Part Two earlier, I think they re-released those the couple well, years didn't ago. Didn't they redo them or something like that? So they redid them twice. Yeah. The first time they did, they shot it where it was just one long movie, and it was chronic like. Not chronologically as they shot it, but chronologically with the storyline. So oh, like geez. all, 
So like yeah. Godfather Part Two, all the Robert De Niro, Vito Corleone stuff. Yeah, that's the be- yeah. that's the beginning, and then um, and then basically chronologically, you know, shot or um, in order. And then recently, I I have a recording. I haven't watched it yet. AMC uh, broadcasted it, but like I guess they did like the director's cut of Francis Ford Coppola mm-hmm. of the Mike Michael Corleone. I think I got caught up in that. The what other is night. that? The they, Coda. Coda, what is it? The coda? Yeah, yeah, that's what I it think is. I got caught up in it the other night. And I that's I was watching it the other day where you know it's funny because Godfather 2, man, you just get sucked in and then like Godfather 3 came out and I'm like Ugh, do I really want to watch this? But then it's like the it's the coda. You and did. You did. I recorded you, it. I recorded oh, it. Okay, okay. And I mean, you know, you I definitely caught the scene where like, you know, uh Joe Montana leaves the the hotel and the helicopter shoots it up in the in the third movie and then yeah. and then right after it's like just when I was out they pull me back in you know <laughs> but I mean the third one has got so many problems with uh, Francis Ford Coppola's daughter falling in love with Andy Garcia the nephew it's just like well that's yeah that's cousin the, that's the criticism of that one. Well, I mean, it's the storyline and then her acting, too. Well, I, from what I recall, she's just very pouty in it the whole time. Well, yeah, you know. <laughs> but she's a, she's a phenomenal director, though. She's a, she's a, she's a director. And, yeah, know. I wasn't... I, we, we watched On the Rocks earlier this year, the Bill Murray, um, Rashida Jones flick, uh, and, which was okay. You know, that was an enjoyable, I think, Friday night watch or something. You know, an easy Friday night watch. One of those movies where they, you know, you're, you're, you're supposed to think that the man's cheating. But, you know, I, I won't ruin it for anyone that's watching, but you're supposed to think that the husband's cheating the whole time. And, you know, you're, you're going on this journey with the wife to, to figure that out. So I would, I would just to wrap around real quick. I would say Heat is my biggest one. Terminator okay. Two. How about you though? Oh, you know what? As as you're talking about it, uh, I think one of my favorite films of the last, or my favorite film from the last twenty years is Inglorious Bastards. So if maybe if I had an opportunity to to, to relive that one again in the in the movie theaters, I, I would certainly want to do that you know kind of a good segue here that my next question is uh going to be like what are some movies that you're looking forward to in the next year or two but is quentin tarantino going to do another movie well yeah i mean he's saying he's going to do one more and then that's it do you know how many storyboards i read of people hoping obviously that he does one movie but hoping that he does so many more movies of other people's scripts because he just takes them and like yeah i mean well what he was he passed on speed right yep uh did you ever see true romance yes yeah that's a great movie that we'll have to do some extra innings on but true romance is his story that yeah tony scott did right, and right holy moly the cameos and you know just yeah yeah, I mean, when he's got the the rumored Star Trek movie too, that that he wrote. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, he's got stuff. I think his final one will be Kill, the, the last Kill Bill movie. There's another Kill Bill well, coming he, out. Yeah, I guess he wrote another Kill Bill. Okay. Where the daughters go at it. 
Interesting. See, I've, I've seen Kill Bill, the Kill Bills, like maybe twice. I need mm. to rewatch those. Like my top two Tarantinos are like Jackie Brown, mm-hmm. uh, Reservoir Dogs, True Romance, but he didn't direct that. But like those are my top three. You probably throw Pulp in there as the fourth. But uh, I didn't realize they were coming out with another Kill Bill. That's well, it, it's if he wants to do it. I mean, like I guess he's got a. A handful of movies that he could do, and he, he's saying that he's only going to do one more. I, I would, I don't know. I you would think it would be the Kill Bill, but who knows? Doesn't he have like a? I thought I read something where he had an idea to do Zorro and Django in a movie together or something like that. I, I could be reading something that was fake. You know what? I, 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 have an <laughs> I, artic- I thought I saw something. I have like an article that. saved of his that. Um, all his movies connect somehow. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, no, but for sure. I'm real quick before before this game ends that we're in the we're the top of the ninth with one out. Um, just real quick, what are what are some movies that you're looking forward to in the next year or two? You know, not not a ton. I mean, I, I'm I ever since uh, movies really stopped coming out, I got disconnected with it. But I mean, the main, I guess the main ones that a lot of people want to see that obviously. Uh, movies that I don't think will ever see the light of day because they've been delayed and delayed and delayed. So like the new James Bond movie, uh, the obviously the new Batman movie, and I am a sucker for the Mission Impossible franchise. So whenever those, and I believe those are delayed. So um, you know, whenever they get to those, I I would, I don't know of anything that is non, you know, franchise related or IP related. So. Um, there is a movie that came out, but it was straight to, to HBO that I would like to see. But nothing that's not major, major franchise that, that I'm aware of that, that I, is on a list. You know, one that, that, that I've been thinking of that, like, so many commercials and so many people are waiting on that, like, I'm surprised that it's not even out yet, is whatever happened to Top Gun 2 Maverick? It's later this year, isn't it? Is yeah. it? Yeah. And then, like, I would say another one that I'm, I'm pretty excited for this, the sequel the second sequel to the sequel of the Halloween movies, Halloween Kills, looks mm. pretty good. But, yeah, I mean, like... The thing is, that, like, everything just keeps getting pushed and pushed and pushed. Like, I, there's, It's hard to get a read on what's really coming out. And then if a movie actually does start, does get released, you got to find the, the 10, go through the 10 streaming services to, to see where it's released, on what platform it's released, because... They're not coming into movie theaters or, or whatever. So it's 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 uh, it's it's difficult for me to be entertained. However, I do like the movies that are getting released in theaters that say only released in theaters. Yeah, come out, jagoffs. And I I didn't realize this, but the game just ended right here, bottom of the seventh. No, bottom of the ninth. But bottom of the ninth. I am <laughs> I am sorry about that. It is not a double header, Jason. <laughs> what did I say? Bottom of the seventh. Yeah. Yeah, so poor Sox, they they dropped this one uh, tonight on Friday, July 23rd to the Brewers, 7-1. First game of a three-game series. Uh, two first-place team going at it. Uh, this one just really unraveled late. Um, Lucas Giolito seemed solid today from what we can tell. Uh, offense really just got shut down, and the Sox bullpen just started giving up a bunch of runs late. So unraveled late, not the end of the world. Um, you know, you got to go get them tomorrow. 
We do. I mean, I will be at the game tomorrow. Um, Mike will be there at um, Sunday night. Sunday night, and let's let's we we gotta we gotta get these next two, man. I mean, keep winning, keep that division lead up there, and uh, you know, start marching toward the end of the season here. Hope we got a good team. We uh we will uh we will hope the Sox do that. We will catch you on the third podcast. If you want, you can catch us at the Hard Headed Pod on Instagram at the Hard Headed Pod on Twitter and just Hard Headed on SoundCloud. And and we, we will figure out Apple Podcasts very soon. So hopefully we, you'll start be able to see those that uh, in the very near future. That is the goal, is to eventually get on Apple Podcasts. We will figure that out, and uh, it's, it's not hard. We, we will get out there, and uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed the night. We definitely did, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Any last words, Mike? No, thank you. Talk to you later. Go Sox. Go Sox. Indians lost. <laughs>